The Plumbing and HVAC Internet Marketing Show. Discover how to market your plumbing or HVAC business online. From SEO and PPC to Google Maps, reputation management, and social media marketing, we share the ideas and strategies to get your phone ringing, trucks running, and business booming. Really appreciate you joining us in today's session. We're going to be talking all about Google Maps and how to get your plumbing or HVAC business ranked on the Google Map section in your area. And you know this webinar, this training session, some of you might be live with us, others of you might be watching the replay, others might be listening to the podcast. So wherever you're listening to us, uh, just know this is part of our 2017 Internet Marketing Plan um, series, where we're really going deep on what you can do in 2017 to really maximize your lead flow online. And we've already spent a lot of time looking at the digital dominance method and really all of the things that you could and should be doing to, to generate maximum lead flow, all the way from your website and SEO to pay-per-click advertising and retargeting. And we've, we've really started to go deep. Our first session, again, was all about your 2017 internet marketing plan, which was you know, looking at your goals, what is it going to take to accomplish those goals, putting the tracking in place, and really setting the big picture plan in place. Uh, then we talked about your website and what it will take to, to really optimize your plumbing or HVAC website to convert as many visitors to callers because your website's the hub. And then our last session was all about SEO, how to optimize your website, optimize your content so that you can rank in the non-paid listings, not the maps, but the non-paid listings for all of your plumbing or HVAC related keywords. So if you missed any of those sessions and you'd like to go back and dive into them, each of them runs about an hour to or an hour and a half, I highly suggest that you go back and, and drill down on those sessions. But today is all about Google Maps. And I'm just going to ask you guys to give me your undivided attention. This is an extremely important topic for your plumbing or HVAC business. And it's, it's one of these worlds where you've got so much going on. You've got you know, your cell phone in your pocket or maybe right in front of you. You've got multiple tabs open on your computer. And when you're kind of popping between email and reading a blog post and trying to listen to a webinar like this, it's really hard to focus and it's hard to get the value out of it. So I'm going to ask you to go ahead and turn off your cell phone, turn off Facebook, and you know if you're a plumbing or HVAC business that's serious about really growing your sales, getting ranked on Google Maps, and taking your plumbing or HVAC business to the next level, then this next 60 to 90 minutes could really change your life and it could change the, the outcome of 2017 in your business. So if you're serious, just go ahead and shut everything down. Give this your undivided attention. I promise you I'm going to add value and that you're going to get a lot out of it. So here's what we're going to cover just real quick. We're going to look at the latest changes in the Google Map listings. You know, Google's constantly changing this from Google Maps to Google Places to whatever. I'm going to talk about what's changed and what the current setup is on Google Maps. I'm going to talk about the, the five biggest issues that could be preventing you from ranking. Um, you know, there was a lot of things that worked in the past that aren't working today, and it's good to know, okay, wait a minute, that's not effective anymore, and that might be why I slipped off page one or I'm not ranking today. And then I'm going to unpack our proven map model for getting ranked on Google Maps in the top three listings. Who cares if you're on maps on page six or page seven? You know, really outside of page one, um, that's where the lion's share of the search is. So our proven model for getting your plumbing or HVAC business ranked in the three-pack and then I'm going to share the tools and systems to automate the heavy lifting. 
right? So I'm going to explain the strategy. I'm going to show you real world examples and case studies. And then I'm going to share with you some tools to help automate that for you. So you're not having to try and stitch this together one citation at a time, one review at a time. So real quick, who am I and why should you listen in case you're kind of jumping into this midstream and you haven't been following the webinars. I'm the author of the complete guide to internet marketing for plumbing contractors, as well as how to triple your sales by getting your internet marketing right for plumbing and HVAC contractors. I'm an active member of PHCC, QSC, Nexstar, Service Roundtable, ACCA. I've had the opportunity to speak a lot of the industry events, um, including Comfort Tech and PHCC Connect and a lot of the QSC specific events. Uh, a lot of my articles on internet marketing are published in, in industry magazines like P, uh, Plumbing and Mechanical, HVAC Insider, um, Contractor Magazine. And ultimately, I'm accepted as one of the preeminent experts in internet marketing for plumbing and HVAC businesses. But I'd say really much more important than any of that stuff is that I've had the, the opportunity to work one-on-one -on -one, uh, with hundreds of plumbing and HVAC companies all throughout the country. And this is just a couple photos of me with some of my, some of my favorite clients, Lawrence Snow from uh, Valley Plumbing in Utah, um, Bill, Dr. Bill from the, the Plumbing Doctor in Falls Church, Virginia, Greg Joyce from Schuler Services. And you know this is what I've done. I've had the opportunity to work with these guys one-on-one, -on -one, get into their business, get into their online marketing strategy, and help them go from virtually no placement online to the point where they now dominate their local markets. Uh, many of these guys have seen over a million dollars increase in revenues as direct the result of our services. So I really say all of that to say what I'm going to be sharing with you isn't based on a book that I read somewhere. It's not based on theory. It's really based on real world experience working with plumbing and HVAC companies just like you. And I'm always of the mind you want to learn from someone that has actually done what they're teaching and can actually show you real examples and proof. So I'm just going to pop into a Google search result for you real quick. Since we're talking about maps, and a lot of people say, you know, the Google map thing is, is totally changed. You can't really control where you rank on maps. So I just want to pull up a couple SERP results for you. Again, just to make sure you have the confidence that what I'm going to be sharing with you is based on real world examples and real world companies in major markets. So if we get a good Google and we type in Allentown Plumber, um, you'll notice the first company that comes up on the map is Schuler Services. And that's the company we work with in Allentown, Pennsylvania. Um, this, is their, this is their website, right? It's a good website. But something specific was done in order to get that page one map result. I'm going to be explaining that to you as we go. Um, if I type in Centerville AC Repair, for some of you HVAC technicians, HVAC companies, Sometimes I only show plumbing examples and the HVAC guys get frustrated. They're like, wait, wait a minute, you know, what about the HVAC companies? So we typed in Centerville AC Repair, CGAS, Heating and Air. Um, they're the company we work with out there. And of course, Heating Repair. Top spot on maps, HVAC contractor. You know, people type in a variety of things when they need your HVAC related services. And you want to make sure that you've got a, a strategy to rank on the maps for all of them. And so there, there are just a couple of examples. If I type in Orlando Plumber Major Market in South Florida, the company we work with, Shamrock Plumbing. You've probably heard me talk about them a little bit. I'm going to talk about later today how they were able to go to 532 reviews on Google Maps and how that kind of moved them from sitting in the third spot most of the time to a dominant number one spot. So I'll be talking about that if I don't. 
Any questions, be sure to remind me, hey Josh, don't, don't forget you know, to talk to me about how Shamrock did that. Um, Annapolis Plumber, company we work with in Annapolis is Idler Plumbing, right there on the maps. I'm not going to go all day with this, but again, I just want to really show you guys this is not fabricated. This is real world. Lanny's company we work with in Fargo, North Dakota. Two more examples in very competitive markets because it's one thing to get you know plumbing HVAC ranked in these smaller towns, but to go to a, an area like Houston, Texas, where there's millions of people, thousands of plumbing companies compete. So I type in Houston plumber. Here's Pickett Plumbing in the second spot. Hugely competitive market. Um, Oklahoma City. Number one spot, Whole Plumbing. And when we started working with Whole Plumbing in uh, Oklahoma City, he was, a, he was a small operation, like three or four guys. Uh, we were able to put these strategies in place, kind of what we've been explaining through this whole process. And now he's the dominant number one in Oklahoma City, uh, running a very successful company. And the last example I'll share for today on this is Falls Church Plumber, number one spot, The Plumbing Doctor, 185 reviews. I'm going to explain how we did this, right? Because there is a systematic approach to setting up your online marketing strategy, your website, your map listing, and everything else to rank on maps in, as you've seen, some of the most competitive markets in the United States. So I hope that was useful, you know, I always wonder, you know, should I really show these? Does it look like I'm bragging? And, and you know, hey, hey listen, I'm, I'm proud of the work that our team has done, and I'm glad to share those examples. But more than anything else, it's just to give you the confidence. You know, there's so much information about this on the internet that it's hard to see who knows what they're talking about versus who's just, you know, throwing out nonsense. And you know, based on these examples, you can see what I'm going to be sharing with you is based on real world examples. And just a quick photo, this is our team, um, you know, the company's plumbing and HVAC SEO. We've got a nice real bricks and mortars office here in South Florida. Our office is in Doral, Florida. Uh, we've got a team of 26 full-time employees. We made the Inc. 5000 list last year. This is what we do every day. We're just with plumbing and HVAC companies, implementing strategies to help them increase their sales, grow their revenues. We have a passion for this industry. We have a passion for helping you, plumbing and HVAC business owners, maximize your lead flow online, and more importantly, increase your sales, grow your revenues, and accomplish your goals. So again, this presentation isn't a sales pitch for you to hire us, but obviously, if as you go through this and you see, okay, this is a real company with real proven strategies, and you think it might be good to work with us one-on-one -on -one and let us do this stuff for you, We'd love the opportunity to talk with you. And you can reach out to us anytime, plumberseo.net. You can call our office. We'd love the opportunity to talk with you, kind of look at what you're doing today, and show you how we can help you get similar results in your plumbing or HVAC business. So now let's dive in to the meat and potatoes of why we're here today. And you know that's all, all about Google Maps. And I would be remiss if I didn't talk a little bit about why maps are even important, right? When somebody runs a search on Google, they see so many things, right? They've got the, the paid listings at the top, and then they've got the map listings, and then they've got the organic listings. And does it even matter whether you rank on the Google map? Is that even a place that people look? 
And so we did some heat map studies, and um, we actually we actually found that the lion's share of the clicks go to the map listings. So according to this heat map study, and you can kind of see the visual, I'll kind of blow it up for you. And a heat map just means we record the screen and somebody's moving their mouse and where they spend most of their time with the mouse and where they click, that, that kind of gets blown up on the, on the heat map. And it helps us figure out, you know, are people clicking this area or are they clicking that area? And, and what really makes the biggest difference. And if you look at the stats here, 44% of the clicks went to the, went to the local listings. So 20% click on the paid links, 44% on the maps, 8% when you click view more, you know, show me more of these local companies, and 30% on the organic listings. So obviously there's a, a pretty even distribution here, right? Some people are clicking organic. And so you wanna have the SEO stuff in place like I, I talked about in our last webinar. Um, some people are clicking on paid listings and you wanna have a pay-per-click strategy that makes sure you're dominant, you're showing up in your area. But ultimately, the number one place that they click is the map listing. So that's why this is so important. And that's why we're spending a full webinar just talking about maps and that one singular thing. And so a couple of the big changes that have happened over the last, uh, over the last couple years with maps. Um, first of all, Google changed from a seven pack to a three pack. And all that means is when you used to search, you would see seven results in maps and now you only see three. Um, Google's now starting to test serving pay per click listings in the map area. Um, they're, they're starting to test with Google Home Services in, in mostly California, but in San Diego and other markets in that area. And um, they used to be called Google Places, and then for a while they were Google Plus Local, and now they're called Google My Business. That's where your map listing is controlled. And I just got to pull up a couple visuals of this, right? So on the left here is what, what you used to see when you ran a search for Oklahoma City Plumber, right? And um, that's gone, right? Now you're only seeing three. And really what this means for you as the owner of a plumbing or HVAC business, knowing that most people click on the map listing is that there's a huge opportunity for being one of the guys in the top three, right? If you look at the 80-20 principle, 20% of the result, 80% of the results come from 20% of the activities. Well, 80% of the traffic, 80% of the leads, 80% of the calls are going to only like 20% of the of the companies that are playing in, in Google search SEO type world. And if you're in the top three, it's a great opportunity. You're going to get a lot more calls. However, if you're not in the top three, and maybe you were in the fourth or fifth spot, you're going to notice a relatively large drop-off in lead flow. So that's that's a big thing, right? Going from from the seven-pack to the three-pack. Google's now starting to test um, within Maps. So if you go to view more results and you're just looking in the Maps area itself, in your market, a lot of times you're going to see paid listings up along the top, and that's important because it's really showing the synergy between pay-per-click and Google AdWords and Google Maps and SEO. So you want to, you know, you want to be showing up all the places your customers are looking. Used to be Maps was 100% organic play. Now Google pay-per-click and Google AdWords is starting to come into that at some level. So you, you know, want to pay attention to that and be aware. Maybe Google starts to serve four or five paid listings in the map results. So just be aware of that trend. And the other big thing that's changed is this move to 
uh, in California to Maps Plus Home Services. So I've got screenshots for this, but I'm just going to pull up an organic search over here. That way you can see me pull it up live. Um, if I go to Google right now and I type in, let's just use Los Angeles plumber. Google's doing some stuff here, right? And it's going to be different than probably most of you are seeing. And I'm spending some time talking about it because this might be headed your way throughout the rest of the country. Usually they're, they're testing in California first to see, is it viable? Is it a good user experience? But when I ran this search, you should notice, I'm kind of zoom my screen a little bit. There's a map listing at the top. Then there's a different map listing. And then there's your organic results. And there's very few paid results on this page. And what this area is up here on the top left-hand corner is what they call Google Home Services. And this is more of a paper lead service, um, kind of like Home Advisor powered by Google. And it's important to know what that is and, and kind of start to position yourself to be on Home Services if it gets rolled out in your area. And then we've got the map results. And this is interesting because this has just been over the last 90 days that Google started introducing the map back into the search result. For a long time, all you got in you know, certain markets, like especially San Diego, was Google Home Services. There was no map. So let's just look in, in San Diego. You can see it's almost a little bit different, right? We've got Now we've got the Google Home Services, a couple organic results, then the maps, and one paid ad at the bottom of the, of the page. And then I'm just going to run one more. So San Mateo is a market in, in around that, that same San Francisco area. Type in San, San Mateo Plumber. And now you can see, again, Google Home Services, Organic, and Maps. So I'm just showing you this so that you can, in case you're not in California, you're aware of it. But if you are in California, you should definitely dive in and, um, and get, get involved in this. And I'm going to spend a little bit of time talking about what it takes to get added to Google Home Services in your market. For those of you that it's not in your market yet, just pay attention because this might be where we're headed. Uh, the first step is you, you have an advanced verification process. And that's where Google is really vetting you and giving you a Google Home Services guarantee where the customer has nothing to lose and they're going to kind of underwrite your services. So in order to play in Google Home Services, you have to have an, uh, an, an advanced verified listing um, through Google Home Services. You have to be in California, so if you're in California, you should do it. You have to have a real physical location, so you can't play Google Home Services with a home address or with a P.O. box. Uh, Google will run an, a, a background check on your company powered through an organization called Pinkerton, and that's the initial process to get, to get added. And so if you haven't done this, if you're in California, uh, you can go to adwords.google.com slash home services slash pro slash sign up. Don't worry, I'm going to send this presentation to you guys afterwards so you can grab that link at that point. And this is straight from Google. I mean, these are the kinds of information that they're looking for from you. Uh, you know, your, your company EIN, they're looking for your professional licenses. They want to make sure that your hours are the actual hours that you're available and that you're only selecting cities that are part of the program. And so you can see they're, they're kind of doing a more in-depth process because they're going to put their name behind your organization on their, on their search engine. And so once you get through that process, 
here's where you end up. All right, so we typed in San Mateo Plumber, uh, pointing to the area at the top. You get a little Google guaranteed listing on, uh, on call between these hours. And assuming somebody clicks you, it sends a, a request for bid to you, kind of like what you would do through Home Advisor. So here's another example of a client we work with in San Francisco, Magic Plumbing up there in, in the map listings. And, and what's kind of neat is if you play this properly, and you know it might be just for a short window of time, you can start to dominate the search results. And so here is um, Kasha Plumbing, the company we work with in San Mateo, and you'll see that they have four spots on page one because we've got the home services listing because of the advanced verification process complete and all of the reviews they have and how aggressive they're willing to pay on a per bid, uh, per lead basis. Then we've got the map listing with them in the number one spot. We've got their, their Yelp listing because they advertise on Yelp and they're really active with Yelp and we've built some citations and some authority for their Yelp listing. And then of course their organic listing below that. And so if you play this correctly, it can be a great opportunity to really own the search engine result page, which is what we're really all after um, in your market. And so that's, that's Google Home Services. If you happen to be in California, you should dive into that. If you're not, um, just be aware of it, right? Just because you've sat on this session today and you kind of know what it is, you'll be two or three steps ahead of your competition when and if this hits your market in other areas in the United States. Now, one of the main things Google's up to right now is they're trying to reduce spam listings. And there's a report out by Google right now that they've been able to eliminate 70% of spam listings since 2015. And you know they're on an aggressive trail to get the companies that don't have real addresses, right, that are setting up fake locations just for the sake of map listings. And they're not just removing their, you know, their, their fake listings, they're removing them completely from maps. So for those of you that play by the rules, that have a real location, this is great news and you can continue to win the day. For those of you that are trying to game the system, it's only going to hurt you and Google is after you and you don't want to have Google after you, you want Google on your side. So a couple things that might be hurting you right now as it relates to ranking on maps. First, again, you have to have an office in the city that you're targeting to rank well on maps. So don't want to burst anybody's bubble, but if you're trying to rank on maps and you don't have a location in the city, the chances of you ranking in that three pack is very slim. So you want to get a real physical location in the place that you operate. The other thing is if you tried to spam Google with fake locations, you know, set up a bunch of PO boxes or a bunch of virtual offices or, you know, used your aunt and uncle's houses in order to claim Google maps that could really negatively be impacting your results. And you know your best play if you did that is to get into those listings, mark them as closed, get them removed from Google Maps, and set up a real physical location properly claimed. And I'm gonna be talking about how to do that. The other thing that could be hurting you is if you have inconsistency of your name, address, and phone number. So if you're listed one way on Google and a different way on Angie's List and a different way on City Search and a different way on Yelp, that could be hurting you from ranking. Google wants to see consistency of your name, address, and phone number. We're really gonna drill down on that as we go. The other thing is, did you spam your, your city into your company name? So if you're Bob's Heating and Repair, that's your company name, and you went to Google Maps and you went to, and you named it Bob's Heating and Repair, you know, Dallas, Texas, 
and you made that the company name in Google Maps, there was a time that was a great play. Five years ago, having your city in the name on Google Maps actually helps you rank. Today, that's really gonna hurt you. That's a, it's a complete infraction of Google My Business's rules and policies. So you wanna make sure your company name is just showing your main company name. And, and then, do you have enough reviews? And do you have real reviews? So really what I should've wrote here is did you try and create false reviews? Google pays a lot of attention to the reviewer's profile. And so there are certain companies that went out and created fake Google accounts or they had their family create fake Google accounts and write reviews for them and they saw a slip in their Google, Google results. So this is just you know, five things that really could be preventing you from Google Maps that you wanna either fix, definitely wanna stop doing and be aware of because you might have done it or one of your providers might have done it without you even realizing it. And so now we can dive into our proven formula for getting ranked on Google Maps. And it really comes down to four key elements. The first is having a properly claimed and optimized Google My Business listing. And I'll be drilling down on that. The second is having lots of citations. You know, references of your company's name, address, and phone number across the web with consistency of how your company is being referenced on Google and Angie's List and City Search and Best of the Web. We're talking about that. Um, having lots of reviews. And we're talking about real reviews from your true customers in your real service area. We find all other things being equal. You have a real location. You've got lots of citations with consistency of your name, address, and phone number. He who has the most reviews tends to win the day. And I believe is going to continue to win the day on into the future. And so you want to make sure that you have a systematic approach to getting reviews from your customers in your real service area on a consistent basis. And the, and the fourth is just making sure you have proper on-page optimization, where it's clear to Google that you're, you're serving the area that you said you served in the Google Map listings. And we're going to drill down on all of these. You know, it's relatively simple, right? I like to focus on the 20% of things you can do that will drive 80% of the results. So if you get these four right, and I've shown you lots of examples of companies ranking in very competitive markets, um, it's a function of getting these four things nice and tight. So let's talk a little bit about how to optimize your Google My Business listing. And you do this by going to google.com slash mybusiness. I'll just pull it up real quick um, because sometimes it helps to break the monotony of seeing a, a, a boring screen and kind of see some dynamic action. So I'm just gonna go to google.com I'm not logged in here, my business. And this is literally where you would go. And you would either sign in with your Google account or you'd go start now and you'd log in. It would ask you to type in your address and then it would take you through a verification process. And that process is changing. Sometimes they ask you to send a pin. Sometimes now they're asking for you to do the advanced verification process. Other times they'll actually do like a, a live screen flow meeting like this to verify your listing. So, you know, you would, if you've never done it before, that would be the process. I would think in most cases, though, you have a claimed Google My Business listing, and it's just a matter of logging in. And once you're in there, you should see a screen like this that has your listing, right? And maybe it doesn't have pictures, and maybe it doesn't have insights yet, but this is where you want to get to, right? Where you, you log in, you're on your company's My Business listing, and this is where you click. You click on Info, to update the information I'm going to be showing you that you want to make sure you optimize for your map results. So one thing I'm going to challenge you to do is to get access 
to your Google My Business listing. Um, you know, most of you guys have third-party contractors that handle this, uh, whether it's a company like ours or some other company. You want to at least have access to your Google My Business listing. That way you can know what's going on in terms of reviews for your company. You can respond to reviews if you want to. Uh, you can make updates. You can upload photos. Um, you can make sure there's no infractions that are actually preventing you from ranking well. So usually this is going to be a Google Gmail account or your company email combined with the username and password. But in any event, try and track down your Google My Business listing. And there's some things you want to pay attention to. Um, and I'll kind of talk through them here and then I'll show you visually in Google My Business. Uh, the first is make sure you have your login, right? If you don't do anything else from today's webinar, but you go back to your current provider, whoever it is that did this for you and say, hey, can you add me as a user on my own Google My Business listing? Or can you give me the username and password? That gives you control. It gives you power that you really need to have within your business. Um, the second is to make sure that you've updated your company name so that it doesn't have any additional information. So again, you go into info right here. Excuse me, my, uh, my wife is texting me. Um, and you go into info and you see these little, these little pencil bars. This is where you can edit your stuff. Um, you can go in here and click edit and, and make sure that it just shows your company's name because sometimes, like I said, you'll see Schuler Services Dash Allentown. And if that's the case, that's going to be bad for you. So you want to do that. You want to make sure that you have the right categories selected. Um, a lot of times, if Google Maps or Google My Business was claimed or set up years ago, it won't have the right category. So it will have no category. Well, Google's going to match you to plumbing or to heating or to HVAC based on the categories that you have selected. So you want to go in here and make sure that you have the proper categories selected. Um, your address. The, the main thing with your address is just to make sure that it's the same way on Google Maps. And whatever it is that it's listed as on Google Maps, if that's right, make sure that's that's how it's listed on Yelp and on Angie's List and on City Search. So if you have it listed as 1314 Tillman Street, Allentown, Pennsylvania, make sure that it's not 1314 Tillman Street, Suite 3, somewhere else. Or Tillman Street spelled out S-T-R-E-E-T. So I don't want to get too much into the weeds, but I just kind of want to show you this isn't so complicated, but you can kind of dive in here and see this stuff right for yourself. Update your hours of operation. If you're truly available to take calls 24-7, feel free to put 24-7. If you're not, it's probably better to, to limit those hours. But I will say, you know, if you have this listed Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 3 p.m., if somebody searches on Google at 4 p.m., they're going to potentially not see you, or if they do, it's going to say closed. And you know nobody calls a company that's listed as closed. So pay pay attention to this, and maybe you know my my thought you know as a as a plumbing HVAC company is get a get a, at least get a third party answering service. That way you can mark this as 24/7, and you don't throw away those people that are looking in the weekend after hours. Um, phone number. This one's a big gotcha. A lot of companies do one of two things wrong on their on their phone number. They'll either use an 800 number because they serve multiple area codes, and while that makes sense for somebody to not get turned off because you know you're a 305 and they're searching from a 954 area code, um, I often don't see 800 numbers ranked on Google Maps. Like it's one in ten. 
So it's in your best interest to use a local area code number in the map listings. The other thing is use your main company number on Google Maps whenever possible. Again, consistency, you're going to talk more about this as we go. Um, a lot of people just want to put a tracking number in Maps. So they'll throw in a, um, a number that's going to track on Service Titan or Call Source. And while, while that's cool, you could say, hey, look how many calls I got on Maps. Um, it can create inconsistency. I believe Google's looking at your phone number as a signal for how authoritative you are as a company. So if you've got a number that's been around for 10, 15 years, believe it or not, Google has that in their index, and that's an authority factor. So I, I tend to say, let's find your most authentic number for your company, and let's put that in there. Um, but if nothing else, if you do have to use a tracking number, make sure that you're using that same number that's on Maps, on Yelp, on City Search, on Angie's List, and all of the other online directories. Obviously, make sure you have a phone number, and then upload photos. You know, Google wants to see uh, pictures in the Google My Business listing, and there's all kinds of opportunities to, to get creative with numbers. And this is uh, with with uh, photos. This has changed a lot. It used to be a totally different interface, but now you can just come in here, click this little photo box, upload your picture, and that will get added to your your Google My Business listing. So. Those are the main things that you want to do. Go back in here to the to the checklist. Um, you know, use a focal number in your address. Don't use a PO box. If you put a PO box in here for any reason, you know, be, you know, maybe it's just because just because you don't have an address. It's almost like saying, Google, please remove me from Google Maps. Put a PO box here. Don't don't do it. Um, try not to use a home address either. Try and get a real physical address, uh, rather, whether it's your real office, a warehouse, a small commercial piece of real estate, and that's what you need to put in here um, to, to play the Google Maps game. Um, upload your photos, list your hours of operation, and your and your service area. So that's that's the process, and you don't have to overthink this. You don't have to overcomplicate it. Um, that's what you need to do. You know, just make sure it's nice and clean, and then you'll have this as a, as a reference point of reference with all of the key things you want to do when you download the slides after the session. But what's really cool is once you have this synced up and you have control of your Google Map listing and you can get in here and see how things look, you can make sure that you're verified, right? So verified is that verification process that Google takes you to and you have access to really neat insights, right? You can see how many people uh, searched for you, how many views you showed up in, how many actions people took. You can sync this to your Google Analytics, into your YouTube, all kinds of neat stuff. What I like to look at, though, is insights. And from there, we can drill down and really see almost like local specific analytics for your business on Google Maps. And one of my favorites right here is how many calls you actually got from, from your map listing. So that's people actually going in here from Maps. Um, and on their phone, clicking the call button. So just think about that. Schuler Service had 48 calls, not from everything else that they're doing, but directly on their map listing. And so if this isn't enough of a reason for you to say, hey, I need to gain control of my map listing, um, I don't know what would be. You know, you want to you want to have access to this information, right? You want to be able to to see what's going on, and you'll also have a direct feed of your online reviews. Right here in Google My Business, when you have this in place, you'll get alerted, you'll be able to see your reviews, you'll be able to actually respond to reviews as your company 
and that's a great best practice, right? We're going to put strategies in place to build online reviews. We want to know when the review comes and that we can post a, a direct response as the company in, uh, in Google Maps. So hopefully this was helpful. You got to, to see a little bit of a visual of what Google My Business actually looks like, why it's powerful for you to have access to your Google My Business listing, and some best practices to look for to make sure you're doing things right or your provider's doing things right and there's no infractions that could be preventing you from ranking on Google Maps. And so that's the first step. Claim and optimize your Google My Business listing. It's, it's the most basic thing you can do. We got a lot of stuff up to cover, but I just want to pause real quick for questions and see if there's any specific questions you guys have before we keep going forward. So I'm just going to look here in the questions box. So James Rich is asking, do you have any, do you have a strategy to track calls from individuals that go to the website from Google My Business listings? Um, not particularly. I'm a big fan of tracking um, using a tool I like is called CallRail. I covered this in, in the 2017 Internet Marketing Plan uh, webinar. Um, and really what I like to track um, the source of is paid traffic. So if somebody clicked on a paid listing, I want to be able to isolate you know, these calls came organic, these calls came direct, and these calls came from Google Paid Search. Because with Paid Search, you need to know your metrics. How much did you spend? How many calls did you generate? What's your average cost per lead? Be able to drill down on that at the keyword level, at the campaign level, and adjust your pay-per-click campaign accordingly. So I don't know that there's something that can isolate that back to just Google Maps. It may exist, and I just haven't, I haven't seen a need for it. But um, I hope that answers the question. Uh, Joe's asking any best practices for changing the local local address. That's a great question. It's you know sometimes you you move right. You move from this address to that address, and ideally you've got control of your Google Map listing, right? You can get in here and you can hit the edit button on info, and you can change your address. the The concern and the fear when this happens, and it's a it's a real concern, is. Google sees that as a change in your name, address, phone number. You start to have inconsistency across the web. Your authority drops, and you maybe you were ranked on Maps, and you don't rank on Maps anymore. When you change your company name, when you change your address, when you even change the phone number, you're at risk of seeing change in rankings on Maps. So my best practice is always proceed with caution. Make sure that you update the address on your website before you change it on maps. And I say kind of since you're in plumbing and HVAC, very few company uh, customers come to your house or come to your business to do business. You're going to them. Um, I say if you're ranking in the three pack and you change your address, I say leave that as is until, until you start to see a slip in rankings and then update the address. Um, otherwise you are playing with fire at some level. And we've changed addresses and things are fine. We've changed addresses and results slip way off the results for a period. It's not going to last forever, right? Once you change the address and then you update all your directory listings and Google starts to say, okay, this is where they are now, you'll see a bump down and then you'll start to move back up. But there is going to be usually a window of time where you slip down the results. Wow, how many questions? This is great. Um, So Amber saying, why can't I have separate tracking numbers along with the different review sites where everything else matches? 
you can do anything you want, right? I always think, what's the path of least resistance to make sure I can get ranked on maps? And so I like to say, you know, Google says consistency is key, consistency of the name, address, phone number. So that means you have the same name, address, phone number on Google, on Yahoo, on Bing, on City Search, on Angie's List. And to the extent that you're changing that up and using a different number in each of those places, that creates inconsistency that can hurt your rankings. I will say, I have clients that have enough authority that they've done that, and I've said we need to proceed with extreme caution here, but let's try it. And they, they continue to rank well in maps. And we always say, look, if things slip, we're going to go back to a centralized number. Um, I think what you might be asking, though, can I just create a tracking number and use that on all of the places, like Google and Yahoo and Bing and City Search? And the answer is yes. Again, it's just a little bit risky. You know, just know if you do it, the, the risk and the reward, right? The reward is you have better tracking and you can say, look, my Yelp listing generated this many calls. The, the risk is you have inconsistency that needs to be tightened up that might cause a temporary lapse in rankings. There's a ton of great questions here. I wish I could get to them all. Um, we're already, you know, a ways into this session. I got a lot to cover. Um, I will come back to all of these at the end. Um, I appreciate you guys' interaction here. There's tons of questions in the questions box, but we do need to keep going. So um, hold those questions. I'm going to come back to them at the end. So we talked about claiming and optimize our Google map listing. Um, the next thing is to have lots of citations. So anybody can claim a Google My Business listing, right? And that's, that's your placeholder on maps, right? And so if you're a plumbing company or an HVAC company in any market, there's hundreds of other plumbing and HVAC companies usually trying to, to compete, trying to rank. So having a properly claimed and optimized My Business listing just puts you on the list of one of a hundred. So the thing that's going to rank you from one to 100, really ideally top three, is your authority, right? And authority is driven by how many times does Google see your company's name, address, and phone number referenced across the web and how many online reviews do you have um, for your company? Those two things are the biggest authority factors that, that Google looks at. And they look at your website and how authoritative your website is. But So it's critical that you're listed with a lot of these online directory sites. And it's critical that you're listed with consistency. So you're, you're listed the same way. Because if Google sees you on maps and then spiders the internet and say, okay, where else is Joe's Plumbing listed? And you may be, maybe you're listed on Angie's List and City Search and Best of the Web, but your number's different than it was on Google Maps. Well, that's kind of diverting your authority so you don't get the authority. That's why consistency is so important. And you want to make sure that you limit the duplicated information. So if you have your company somehow accidentally listed twice on Google Maps, um, you know, that can divert your authority. Or you're listed multiple ways on Yelp or Angie's List. So you want to have lots of citations with the right name, address, and phone number, just like it is on Google Maps. And then you want to limit the inconsistency and the duplication of information. And one of the key gotchas that I see with this, that, that people say, okay, I know there's lots of citation sites I can go to. Right? And a lot of them will they'll just go claim them manually. Um, and they'll go and they'll add themselves to Kudzu, and they'll add themselves to Yelp, and they'll add themselves to Angie's List. Um, and then they'll find something for, on a site like Superpages, for instance, and say, oh man, that's not right. I've got the wrong phone number in there, or my company names listed wrong. And they'll hit edit, and they'll modify, they'll hit save, 
and they'll go back and like a week later, it'll still be listed as incorrect. And they'll be like, man, what, you know, what's going on here? And what they're missing is the, is the data aggregators. And so you want to make sure you pay attention to these data aggregators, Factual, Axiom, InfoUSA, Newstore. These are the companies that hold the business information for, for basically the entire industry. And what's listed on those sites gets leached from secondary and third level citation sites. And if you go to a site like Hot Frog, let's just say, and you update your listing, or maybe you even delete a duplicate listing, but it's still listed on one of these four data aggregators, that data aggregator will probably wind up popping up again with the wrong information on a variety of other sites. So you want to make sure that you get your, your main listings right, but then you also pay attention to your data aggregators. Now, when it comes to citation management, and this hopefully I'm not going too much into the weeds here, but when it comes to citation management, there's an easy way and there's a hard way. The, the hard way is get a list of citations, like literally a list of websites, and manually click on the website, manually click create account, manually enter your information, and then have a spreadsheet with all of that stuff listed somewhere. That's a way to do it, and that's okay, but there's also tools that will help you automate this process and make your life much easier. And so some of the tools that are really popular in the local um, local SEO industry are Bright Local, White Spark, Advice Local, Moz Local, and, and Yext. And you've probably you know heard a couple of these, maybe you haven't. They're useful for different things. Um, I will say, um, you know, Bright Local and White Spark, a lot of the agencies use, and those tools are great for finding inconsistency. So you can put in your company's name, address, and phone number and press a button and see where you're listed incorrect or where you're not on important citation sources. So th that's cool for that. Um, Advice Local, Moz Local, and Yext are all integrated tools that you can update your information one place and have it update across the web. Um, you know, Moz Local's good, Advice Local's good. Um, I, I am a big fan now of Yext. Uh, we're Yext certified partners. Um, I used to be adamantly against Yext for a variety of reasons, but ultimately Yext is the, the most connected data provider um, with all of the major online directories. And the benefit of Yext in my mind is it has a direct feed into Google, into Yelp, into Bing, into the top 60 or so online directories. And what you can do in Yext is in one place, make an update and have it update across the board, have it update immediately and find and suppress duplicate listings. So I'm not advocating for you guys that are on the, on the call or on, you know, listening to this saying, go sign up for Yext because as an end user, Yext is very expensive. Um, as an agency, like a company like ours and other companies that are certified partners with Yext, it's quite affordable. So, you know, definitely come to a company like ours, let us set you up on Yext and use that to automate this process because it's, it's tedious doing it any other way. We did it manually for years. I was hard-nosed about this and um, it felt like you had better control, but the fact was, you know, you'd go and make an update, a week later it would be incorrect again, and you were chasing all over the place, and it would take sometimes weeks and months to clean up inconsistency. We've been testing this on Yext for our clients, and we make an update today, it's live today, 
and there's no chase, there's no, I don't know, you know, do I need to circle back to that? It's live and, and dynamic. So I highly recommend uh, Yext or Advice Local or Moz Local as kind of your, your primary hub for managing your online directories. And I'm gonna share what I think is the best practice for doing this within your plumbing or HVAC business. The key though is make sure that you have consistency of your name, address, and phone number and that you're in all of the major online directories. And I have a free tool that you can use. This is actually powered by Yext. But if you go to plumberseo.net slash scan, that's plumberseo.net slash scan. I'll send this to you afterwards. Uh, you'll get to a screen that looks like this. It will ask you to enter your name, your address, your phone number as you have it listed today. And it will scan the internet. And it will come back with a listing accuracy or inaccuracy report that will show you where you have inconsistencies. So it will say either you're all tight or hey, you're missing this, you're missing that. And this really is an eye opener because you might say, well, I think I've got all my directories down pretty tight or I had this company do it for me, but you never know. Um, and so this is a great free resource. Um, go to plumberseo.net slash scan. It's instantaneous, it takes less than 10 seconds and you'll have a pretty strong understanding of where you, where you sit in terms of your listings. And I'll, I'll send this out after, after the call um, but that's plumberseo.net slash scan. And you guys should all do this. Even if you rank on spot one, do this and see if there's any inconsistencies that need to be addressed. And so this is my best practice for you. This is the way, you know, if, if I had my druthers and I could just say, look, this is how we knock it out of the park every time, is you go in and you manually claim and optimize Google My Business. And so that's what we showed earlier, google.com slash my business. And you have control of it. From there, you use a tool like Yext to hit the top 50 online directories. So that's going to get you into almost the only way to get you on Yahoo immediately, get you on Bing with the correct uh, NAP information, um, the ability to make a change once and hit all of the directories, the ability to put out a special promotion, have it hit all of the directories, the ability to upload a photo one place and have it go everywhere. So that's why I really like Yext. I like the control and the ability to suppress duplicate listings. Duplicate listings can really screw you up in terms of how you rank on Google Maps. Uh, with Yext, it finds a duplicate listing, suppresses it, and all of a sudden you're, you're in a completely different place. And so this is the, really in my mind, the fast track to get your directory listings under control and to, and to move yourself up in terms of your, your rankings on Google Maps. From there, you still wanna get your listings updated on the data aggregators. So that's InfoUSA, Axiom, um, at least those two, Newstar. Um, from there, again, you're just really controlling how you're showing up and how these third and fourth level directory services are, are pulling your information. So if you're nice and tight on Yext, you're nice and tight on Google Maps, and then you're nice and tight on the three or four top data aggregators, then there should be very little inconsistent information about your company. Um, and then from there, usually that's gonna be enough authority from a citation management perspective to move you to a very strong position in Google Maps. But in a lot of cases, it's not enough because there's a lot of companies already doing this and you need to do more. And so you wanna use a tool like Bright Local or WhiteSpark to find niche specific directories. So again, I like to focus on the 80-20 in this particular world of Google Maps, really quantity has proven to be less important than quality. 
So quality is those top 50 or so citation services. If you're in those places, that's enough to really make you authoritative. Um, but then there's going to be secondary services like, um, you know, if you search plumbing directory or if you search HVAC directory or if you search best plumbing companies, right? And you look for these sites that list organizations and you get yourself added to that, that's going to give more authority to your name, address, and phone number, which will improve your probability of ranking on maps. Um, or there's local area directories. So um, if you're in Orlando, Orlando business directory, best businesses in Orlando, right? And you find these sites that you can get yourself added to after doing the primary work. That's how you can kind of move the needle in terms of your citations and your web references. And so I do have a list for you of the most authoritative um, niche specific directories that you can get yourself added to. I got this directly from, from Bright Local, so I'm not trying to say this is my specific list, um, but there's like Networks, which is a paper lead service. There's Contractors.com. There's BuildZoom. There's Best Plumbers, which is a free directory. Um, Homeblue, Plumbing Web. There's a lot of these, right? So I, I've got a whole list. Um, if you want to access these, um, you would go to plumberseo.net slash citations. Um, what I would say is you don't start there, though. You don't start with these secondary citation services. You start with Google, and then you go to the main 50, and then you start to look at these tier two and tier three to move the needle. Once you've got the 80% done, then you start to look at the, the last lap or the last 20%. So what I've really found is when you get this tightened up, and again, you have a real location, you have a, an office in the city that you're trying to rank in, um, and you do this stuff right, in combination with what we're gonna talk about next, you can really rank really well on maps in your market. So I'm gonna pause here for just a quick sec. I know there's a ton of questions and I really appreciate you guys posting. I appreciate you guys um, engaging in this, live, in this live venue. So Tony Geneva says, how often should you run Yext? Um, Yext is, is one of those things you pay for on a monthly basis. It's live, it's dynamic. So you know, once you update it, it's, it's live across the web. You do want to you know, kind of look on Bright Local or some other third-party tool to make sure um, sometimes there's other you know, information that's incorrect. So I would run something like that um, probably at a minimum on a quarterly basis, maybe on a monthly basis if you're really worried about it on the front end, just to help you find the inconsistency. But in terms of you know, you're not submitting yourself to Yext every week. Like you update your, your subscription and you, and you push that information out. I do like the idea of, um, of updating your Yext listing on a monthly basis. So put a little more information about yourself on your, next, on your Yext profile. Um, push out a new coupon, which hits all of those sites. That's a good best practice. Tom says, good info. Thank you, Tom. I appreciate that. Uh, how much is Yext? Um, it really depends, right? I mean, you could pay, you could pay a thousand bucks a year on Yext, or you could pay um, something less. Um, it really depends upon where you get it. It's pretty expensive if you go to Yext directly. If you come to a company like ours, we do that as part of the big picture, so you don't even wind up paying anything for it. So it really depends upon what, what path you want to take. Um, but I, I hope that that answers it at least at some level. Um, Robert says, what do you think about using Moz? I think you mean Moz. You wrote Mox in the question box. Um, we use Moz. I'm a big fan of Moz. Um, Moz Local is very similar to Yext. I've just found that it doesn't quite have the same direct connection. So I used Moz before I used um, Yext as a company. And what we found was we would update it on Moz and it would eventually get updated, but 
it might be a week later and we'd say, okay, well, so let's double check. And we're constantly like circling back on Yext, it's direct feed, right? You press update and then like five minutes later, it's like that across the internet. So that's the difference between a direct feed, which is very unique to Yext versus a like an API connection, which they push the data, then they fetch the data on the directory, and then it gets updated. It's that real-time um, interaction that makes a big difference. So, wow, lots of questions. All right, I'm gonna answer this question because I think it's important, and probably some of you have the same question, is what do you do if you have two offices, or three offices, or more offices? The first thing I'm going to say to the answer to this question, because this is a question that comes up a lot, is do you really have two offices or are you trying to act like you have two offices so you can rank in multiple areas? That's a very different question. I'm going to assume that you have two offices. So let's say you're in Orlando, you have an office in Kissimmee, and you have an office in Orlando. These are very close areas, but they're still, they're still there. Um, when you have a limited number of locations like that, what I suggest is on your homepage, so, oops. I just realized we're over our limit of 101, so some people aren't able to get in. So um, lucky, lucky to have you on. Um, let's see. I have never had a webinar over 100, so I'm excited about that. Um, very cool. So two locations, right? You want to have consistency of your name, address, and phone number on the on the site. So in the footer, you would put your name, address, and phone number, right? They're in Allentown, so they have one in Allentown. If they had two locations, I might have both locations listed. I would create a map listing, a Yext account, and do all of my citation development for each one of those locations. I would then need to build reviews for each of those locations. So that's a good best practice. When it starts to get, let's say, four or more locations, you don't want to try and drive all of the citations back to the homepage. At that point, you would want to have yourcompany.com slash Kissimmee and then drive your citations to that with that name, address, and phone number slash Orlando. Drive all your citations to that with that location. And you know you need all of your citations, a specific page to land them on, and then reviews and drive consistent reviews to those specific sites. So I hope that answers the question from a high level. Um, it can be done. It has to be a real location. Then you, what you want to do is get in there and um, and build your citations for those separate locations. All right, there's a there's a ton of questions here. I appreciate you guys your feedback. Lori says great information. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you very much. I appreciate that that great feedback. Um, Jim, thanks for joining me. Glad to have you on the call. How is eLocal similar to Home Advisor? Do you have any feedback on eLocal? It's, it's really pretty similar. Um, there's two things to be careful of with HomeAdvisor and eLocal for that matter, is in some cases they will try and hijack your listings. So both of those companies pay, charge you on a per lead basis, um, I believe, pretty sure. And, and so they, they wanna maximize the amount of leads they generate for you. And they have authoritative directories, which show up in search if you type in a certain city, plus plumber, drain cleaning, um, and they generate leads from that. And then they do pay-per-click advertising. They generate leads from that. And that's all good. You know, that's, that's all fair game. Where you need to be careful 
is they'll then say, oh, let us update your citation listings. So they'll want to update your Google Map listing, your Angie's List listing, your Home Advisor listing, all of it to their tracking number and then charge you on a per lead basis for your own numbers. So eLocal, Home Advisor, in my mind, they're relatively similar. Obviously, Home Advisor has exponentially more authority and they have a lot more leads than, than eLocal does. Um, but I, I have seen cases where they hijack the listing and I, would not, I wouldn't let them do it. Like I would just assume pass on those leads if it was going to mean that they're going to hijack my listings. So that, that would be my only two cents on that front. Greg's asking if we're a preferred vendor on Service Roundtable. And yes, we are. Yeah, absolutely. We're Service Roundtable, Nextdoor, QSC, uh, PHCC. So let's, let's keep going, going forward because we still have a lot of stuff to cover. Thank you guys so much for the great questions, the great interaction. The third critical element for getting ranked on Google Maps is to have reviews, right? And you need more reviews than the competition. And I'm just going to show a couple examples to, to illustrate this. And if we go again and we type in Allentown Plumber, you'll notice, right? Schuler Services ranks one, Robinson's ranks two, and then... Allentown Plumbing and Heating ranks three. Who has the most reviews in this particular environment? It's it's Schuler Services, right? If we go and we type in Centerville AC Repair. So he's got more reviews than, than some of the guys down here. Now in this case, this company actually has more reviews. So it, it, it really, it, it, there are variables, right? It's not only on Google Maps. Google's looking at how many reviews do you have across the web. So they're looking at Yelp. They're looking at Angie's List. They have a whole, um, a whole grid that they look at. Um, but it's your website, it's your citations, but all other things being equal, it's your online reviews. Orlando Plumber, Shamrock Plumbing, 533 reviews. Rinaldi, 203 reviews. Um, Drain, Genie, 113 reviews. So, you know, if you're not aggressive with reviews, in the long term, you're going to get left behind. You're probably not going to get to the three-pack. So let's talk about some specific strategies and some specific tools to help, to help get you more reviews and help you play this game right. The first thing is make sure you're leveraging technology. For goodness sakes, if you're not sending a review, a review request after every service call, via email, via text message, leaving a printed card, you're, you're, you're leaving opportunity on the table. Every single service call has the potential for a review. And you're never going to get 100%, but if you're not asking for the review after every service call, you're certainly not going to get as many as you could. Um, you have to train your technicians to plant the seed. So really, in my perfect world, um, You'd, you'd have a process where the customer calls in and schedules their service, right? And in that process, your technician's saying, hey, or your dispatchers are saying, hey, by the way, um, I'm going to send you a photo of our guy in advance, and we're going to let you know when he's on his way via text message. Can I get your cell phone number and your email address, right? This is one of the biggest hurdles that, that companies have. They can't get the cell phone number. They can't get the email. If you capture it at the point of dispatch, the resistance is practically nothing. So that's where you get this information. The technician goes out, he creates a great world-class experience, right? He, he really, he shows up on time, he rolls out the carpet, he puts on his booties, he engages with the customer. You guys all know this, right? You create a good customer experience. 
and then he plants the seed after the service call. So he's not just saying, hey, thanks for your business, ma'am, thanks for your payment, and walking out the door. He's ending the call with, hey, you know, I really appreciate the opportunity to serve you today. You know, our company thrives on positive feedback. As a matter of fact, my position and my performance is graded based on the feedback I get from my customers. And so you're going to be getting an email from our company a little bit later today asking if you'd take a minute to write a review. You know, if you would do that for me, that would really help me a lot. And you see this a lot in, in the automotive industry, not as much in the home services, but in, when you go and buy a car, um, almost every time they're telling you, hey, you're going to get a survey. I need all five stars or I'm going to get fired. Like, they're almost that overt. Um, post in the comments if you've experienced that. Um, yeah. So, yeah, Tom's saying, he, yeah, he's, he's seen it. And so you want to train your technicians, maybe not to be that overt, but to plant the seed. Right? They should know that they're going to get a review request. And then if you could, you can have your, your office staff follow up after the call. And I'll, I'll share an example of this playing out in the real world um, with, with this company, Shamrock Plumbing, and they're based in Orlando, Florida. And or Shamrock had, I don't know, like 150 reviews at the time, and they started to slip down out of the, out of the top three results. And we're looking at our reports and we're saying, man, you know what? You've got all your citations right. The website is, is really good. It's got, it's got everything in place from an on-page optimization perspective. We need more reviews, right? And at the time, he was using Nearby Now. He was checking in at the service call. But just the review count wasn't where it needed to be. I mean, there was Rinaldi and some of these other companies just driving a lot more reviews. And so what he started to do was have the guys plant that seed. And then he had his gal that was doing the dispatching in the office call after the service call. And she would call the customer and say, hey, Mr. and Ms. Jones, I just wanted to follow up. You know, I wanted to make sure everything went well with your service call. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was great. You know, Tommy was good. I, you know, he was great. Oh, thank you so much. Hey, you know what? I just sent you an email, and the, the email spawns from, um, from nearby now or whatever tool you use. We just sent you an email asking if you could write a review. Did you get it? Oh, yeah, I got it. Do you mind, you know, maybe I can help walk you through this process and like literally have them click the email and get into the review page. What we found is the best tools in the world will only get you so far, right? You can automate the review request till you're blue in the face, but in some cases that's not enough. Um, people are lazy, right? And if they have the opportunity to say, yeah, yeah, I'll write your review, but then there's no, there's no follow through from your company to try and hold them accountable for that. They'll, they're busy, right? And they're like, no, forget it. I didn't have time. So it's one in one in ten people will make the next step. But if you do something like this, and it does take time and it does take energy, the number of reviews that you get will increase significantly. You can see he moved to 533 reviews on Google Maps. So he just said, to heck with it. I just want Google reviews. He's got a ton of reviews on Angie's List. He's got a handful on Yelp, but he just focused on Google. And he would tell the customer, hey, click this link open up this page, okay, great, you're there, you're, no, no issues, write what you want to write, really appreciate your business. And not offering them an incentive, not paying them you know, some kind of discount fee, that, that can be questionable, but just helping to guide them through the process had a huge impact on the number of reviews that he created. And then another company that we work with in um, Falls Church, Virginia, I'm just gonna type in Falls Church Plumber, and up comes the plumbing doctor, they get 185 reviews, at the time, they had like 15. Um, similar process, what they did that was different, 
that I think will be instructive for you as an organization trying to build your reviews is that they really they focused on creating a culture where reviews was baked into the company. So just like most of you guys, they had weekly team huddles where all the techs would get together and they'd get together and do team training and they talk about what's going on within the company. But what they started to do was run a report and you can do this with Nearby Now, you can do it with Review Buzz, you can do it with a lot of the tools. And they would see how many technicians requested a review, how many technicians got a review, and they would do two things in their weekly call. I think it's brilliant, and I think if you do this, you'll see your review count you know, go, through the, go through the sky, and your customer experience will get a lot better too. But the first thing they would do is they would call out their favorite review. So somebody in advance of the call was kind of reading the, review, the reviews that came in. They'd find one that was really good, and they'd say, okay, we just want to feature a great review. This is focusing on positive in your business. And they'd say, you know, Tom, you know, this review was for Tommy. And Tommy would be like, oh, yeah, look at me. And, it, you know, they say that people are mo more motivated by public recognition in front of their peers than they are by, by financial compensation. Now, financial compensation is important. Everybody wants to make more money. But a lot of people get a, a bigger, um, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, they get a, a rise out of being recognized in front of their peers. So just doing that on a consistent basis, and then they also had a prize for the technician that got the most reviews that particular week. And something simple, $25, $50, you know, you decide what, what works best for you, but making um, this part of their business, part of their culture, um, it improved their review count, they moved to the dominant spot one in their area, and, and just imagine the impact that has throughout your company. Not only are you ranking better, you're getting more leads, but you're also creating a culture of creating a great customer experience, planting the seed, and then holding your guys accountable and praising them for getting positive feedback from their customers. So, you know, just kind of going a couple levels deeper than, hey, you know, here's some tools to request a review. Do those two things, you know, plant the seed and make it part of your culture and you'll see those reviews really start to increase. And there's some great tools out there to help with review request automation. Um, I featured some of the ones that I've seen that are most popular. Um, Nearby Now is a tool we really like um, because it can create unique geo-modified content for our city pages. I talked a lot about this in the SEO webinar, but it can also automate the review request process. So a request for review goes out after every service call. And they've got some unique tools that they've added just in the last couple months that it can, it can intelligently determine, is this a Google user? And send them a direct link to Google if they're a Google user. Is this a, an Angie's List user? And, and kind of strategically get the reviews on the sites that are easiest for them. Uh, Review Buzz, amazing tool. Good friends with Mike Montano. A lot of our clients use Review Buzz. Um, one of the best things about Review Buzz is it focuses on the customer choosing to write a review, not for your company, but for the technician that they worked with. So it's very, it's very built into that whole concept of, you're not writing a review for Bob's Plumbing, you're writing a review for Jamie, who was at your house, who treated you so well, who left you with a smile on your face. And so you're going out of your way to review Jamie. And that's one of the things I really like about Review Buzz. Um, in addition, it's got a great review widget. So you know, it's one thing to get reviews, it's another thing to really showcase them in a positive way. Um, review Buzz has a really nice widget you can add to your site that showcases all of your reviews back to the source. So I like Review Buzz. I like BirdEye. It's another tool. Customer Lobby, Signpost. These are some of the automation tools. In my mind, it's less about the tools 
and more about making sure that you have something, you use it consistently, and it's built into the way you operate as a company. So explore some of these tools. Um, I'm a big fan of most of these. But really, to take it to the next level and really make sure that this is automatically happening within your company, you want to try and use a, a, a third-party integration with your dispatch system. And so I'm a big fan of Service Titan. Um, we are actually in the strategic partnership with Service Titan. Um, our clients that use it love it. It's really revolutionized the way that they operate. But with Service Titan now, you can actually have it set up where after the service call is done and after you close out the job, it automatically pushes out the review request through Nearby Now or through Review Buzz or through Customer Lobby. Those are three integrations that I happen to know for a fact are in place. And just this just changes the dynamics of the review request process as it sits in today's environment. Because one of the biggest challenges I had getting clients to do this was they had to get a name, an email address, and then somebody on the team, whether it was the technician or the dispatch staff, had to remember to key that in and press submit. Easy process, hard to execute on a consistent basis. When it's just as simple as closing the job and having the request for review go out, you get 100% um, usage, and that's where you can really control the, the process. So if you combine that with some of the other strategies I shared earlier on how to build review automation and build the whole experience of reviews into your company, that's where you can really accelerate the, the number of reviews that are going out. And so for those of you that use Service Titan, you know, start to look for these integrations. With Nearby Now, you can automate the check-in and the request for review. Um, with Review Buzz and Customer Lobby, you can just push out the review request. But you know, depending upon where you're at as an organization, right, you should be looking to see how you can automate this to really make things easier. So I hope this helps. I hope this gives you guys some tools you can tap into to help automate the review request process. I'm just going to pause real quick here, see if there's any quick questions on this particular topic. Send me the review link. Josh, have you heard of So Tell Me Us? So tell us.com for reviews. You love it. Okay, great. Um, I think it's like a video-based recording uh, review system. Not too familiar with it in this particular industry. Um, customer post review, follow up with a survey. Excellent. So that's reviews. And then the last piece, and this is relatively quick and simple, is to make sure that your on-page optimization tells Google that the name, address, phone number you have on your website is the same as, as is on Google Maps. And that's as simple as having a footer on your site that has your company name, address, and phone number listed the same exact way as it is in Google Maps, and then having a hyperlink back to the Google Map listing. And this process works really well. So you're just making it really easy for Google. If you picture this, right? You've entered your name, address, and phone number in Google. Google wants to make sure that it's correct, right? They spider away to your, to your website. Right? And so they wind up on your on your website, right? And they wind up over here. And then they their spiders kind of hitting this site saying, okay, how do I verify this information? Well, what you want to do is have on every page of your site a matching name, address, and phone number, and then link back to your map listing. So it's a complete, it's a complete circle, right? And when you do that, you're gonna create a, a significantly greater probability of ranking on the maps in your service area. And so we kind of brought this whole conversation full circle, right? We talked about how to claim and optimize your Google My Business listing. And there's some very specific things you can do 
on the listing to, to make sure you're not breaking any rules and that you're putting your best foot forward. You want to make sure that you've got a consistent name, address, and phone number with lots of citations and consistency of how you've referenced. And I gave you the specific tools to automate this process, this, the tools to kind of scale and make sure that you've got this right across the board. We talked about reviews and how reviews really help give Google the, 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 the confidence that you're the authority player. You're in the citations and you've got great feedback from your real customers in your real service area. And I share with you the tools that you can use to automate that process and make it as simple as possible. And we talked about how to optimize the on-page factor on your site, which is that name, address, phone number consistency. And again, I showed you example after example after example of plumbing and HVAC companies in very competitive markets ranking in the top three results. And this is the exact strategy that we put in place to make it happen. So you have the formula and now you can either choose to execute it on your own or you can choose to let us do this for you. This is what we do. This is our specialty. We work with plumbing and HVAC companies all throughout the country. And so if you'd like to talk with us about helping you with your overall internet marketing strategy, help you with getting your citations and your review strategy all synced up so that you can maximize your lead flow online, I encourage you to call us at 866-610-4647. Again, it's 866-610-4647. We'll do a complete review of your current rankings. We'll look at your Google Map listings. We'll help you find the inconsistency. We'll look at your online reputation and tell you if that's an issue. And we'll really come to the table with how you can improve your online presence and really maximize your lead flow online. Now, if you want to download this presentation, if you want to get access to some of the links that I shared and some of the tools I talked about um, after the session, it may not be up yet. You can go to plumberseo.net slash maps. Um, there you can download a bunch of those resources. And so now I've still got a lot of you guys on the, on the meeting. I appreciate it because I went a good hour, 20 minutes on this one topic of Google Maps. But I do want to address your questions. So don't run off. Sometimes the questions that we cover in this particular section are just as powerful as anything I could have covered in the presentation. So if you have the time, don't close the window just yet. Stick with me. Um, you know, we, we might have some really good meat and potatoes here. So hold on. I'm just going to kind of scroll through these questions one by one. And let's see. Okay, so Scott's asking Google Maps. My Hey, Google Maps page isn't working. Yeah, like I said, guys, don't go to that page just yet. That's really more for the replay after the fact. I'll send a direct link to it. That page is not up yet. It will be up soon. Tony says, awesome information. Thanks, Josh. Thank you, Tony. Um, let's see, Tom's saying, do you offer a partner program of some kind? Um, not sure what you're referring to there. Send me an email and we can talk about it. You know, or maybe I can get clarity on what you're what you're looking for. Meredith has asterisks nearby. Oh, maybe this a question. Do you have some examples of a website using nearby now? PageFeed, yeah, absolutely. Let me pull this up for you. It's a great question. So she's asking if I can share an example of nearby now on a site. And I'll just, since we've got Schuler Services up, I will use that as our example. So nearby now, again, is an app that your technicians install on their phone. And the idea is as they're going about their day, they check in. It captures the approximate location of where the service was done. They type a de description, and then that automatically syncs to their page, right? And so that creates unique geo-modified content. And so I'll just go to Schuler Services, and we'll drill down on um, one of their service pages, one of the cities that they operate in. 
and this is this is nearby now. So I, I covered this pretty extensively on the SEO webinar, making sure you have pages for each of the cities that you operate in with unique content, properly optimized for that city. And then what nearby now does is it passes unique content to those pages. So this is their Easton page, and you can see guys are checking in, right? And so Google spiders this page and it's got unique relevant content. So a day ago, they continue to re, uh, bath remodel in Easton. It's ready for tile. Um, they went to a bathroom to remodel in Easton. That was probably the same job. He's checking each time. That's pretty clever. Good thinking, Mike. Uh, reconfigured rough for wheel, McLean, baseboard. So they take a picture, they type a description, it automatically syncs to this page. This helps give these pages more authority. So Meredith, I hope that helps. That um, That's a live example of um, of nearby now in play. So Alexander, send me the review link. Not sure what you mean. Um, send me an email. Not sure what you're talking about there. Um, Tony. So Tony's asking a good question. And, and Tony's question is, must the customer post a review or can we do it through a survey call? Does it have to become a review on, on Google? And the answer is, a survey call is good to kind of internally know, are our customers happy or creating a good customer experience, kind of like the old, um, the old uh, happy calls, right? The problem is that review isn't in a public place. It's not on Google yet. It's not on Angie's List. It's not on Yelp. None of your other potential customers can see it. So having that internal review isn't going to help you for Google Maps. Now, there are tools that would let you take that review, type it in, like BirdEye, I know for a fact you can do this. You type it in, you save it, it goes into the BirdEye platform, so it's captured as a testimonial, and then you, you will automatically have an email go to the customer saying, hey, thanks so much for your feedback. We'd love it if you'd share this on one of your favorite public profiles, and it would kind of have their review there that they can copy and paste, and they can click Google, or they can click Yelp, or they can click Angie's List, and paste it. So that's a way to do kind of what you're talking about without um, without sending them straight to the review site. What I find is very few people take that second step, right? So the whole kind of on the same line, taking them to a page where they can post a feedback survey. If it's bad, then let it only come to you. If it's good, then tell them to go post the review. Um, while it makes sense in theory, unfortunately, a lot of times they don't take the second step, right? And if you only have five-star reviews, you don't look too legit. Like, it doesn't seem authentic. So it's good to have an occasional two-star review that you addressed and said, hey, I'm really sure you had a bad experience and you own up to it than to have all five-star reviews. So you really want to be real and you don't want to try too hard to filter out the positive reviews. So Alexander, venting his frustration, says, man, I have more reviews and I have more citations than the others and I still don't rank. And you know what I would say is, sometimes that happens, right? You know, you can execute perfectly and have all the right citations, have all the online reviews, and in some cases, it takes a while for Google to catch that and to get you where you need to be. Um, in other cases, it could just be something you missed, right? It could be one of those five things I talked about at the beginning, right? You have inconsistency on how you're referenced, or you have um, some some spam information in your in your directory, or you don't have a real location, right? You, you kind of, you used your home address or you created a false suite in your uncle's business 
And you know you could do everything right, but if your listing isn't legit, in a lot of cases you're not going to get to where you need to be. So you know it could be one of those things. Um, so I'm sorry that that's your experience, Alexander. Um, Carlos says fantastic info. Thank you, Carlos. Uh, Lori says great information. Awesome. Let's see. So April saying you mentioned that you are not in the actual city that's being searched. You have a very small chance in coming up. Does a company like Nearby Now improve the probability of ranking on map? So let me let me use a, a visual to help illustrate what I'm talking about here. So so I typed in Upper McCunji or I typed in McCunji Plumber, right? And here's Schuler Services. Here's Schuler Services. This, this doesn't do what I was expecting it to do because he does rank on the map for this term. Um, usually, having these city pages in a smaller town where you don't actually operate, because you have good content that's unique and because you have the nearby now check-in data, you can potentially rank in that city organically, right? Which is what's just happened here for, for Shula, right? Here he is for McCunji and Upper McCunji. That usually doesn't mean you're going to rank on maps. So. I would say 99% of the time, you're not in Upper Mukunji, and you don't have a location there, you're not going to rank in that city. Um, this certainly doesn't work like this in a major town. So if you were trying to rank in Dallas and you didn't have a location in Dallas, um, but you had a page that had good content and nearby now check-ins, you could do that to your blue in the face, you're still not going to rank in Dallas, right? Because there's lots of real companies that have locations in Dallas. Um, but you can rank usually in the organic listings with the right SEO strategy. And that's what Nearby Now helps with. So I hope that answers that particular question. So yes, it will help you rank for those subsidies and subservices, usually not on maps. You're usually not going to rank on maps outside of the city that you're based in. Let's see. Lots of great questions, guys. I really appreciate this. And so many of you guys stay on the line during the Q&A part. That's, that's awesome. So this is a good question by Robert um, about Yext. And we talked about citations and consistency of name, address, phone number. And he says, does your listing go away if you stop paying Yext? And the answer is yes. You're, you're, you're paying Yext for direct access to their API, which has direct feed into Google and Yahoo and Bing and City Search. And so that's why I always recommend you manually claim Google. You have tight control of that. No one can take that away from you. Yext gives you immediate direct connection. So you, you update it in Yext, boom, all your listings are live, they're updated, you have complete control. Now, if you cancel Yext, those listings come off the internet, right? And so your rankings go down. So that's, that's a, a risk that you take in using a tool like Yext. But in my mind, and I've done the kind of the cost benefit analysis of this, and you're much better served to spend the nominal fee to have tight control and instant access to your directory listings than to worry about, oh man, if I, if I don't want to pay them anymore, um, you know, my listings will go away. So it's a good question, it's good to know, um, but you know, it's, it's in my mind a cost of doing business. So Grant's asking a question that maybe some of you guys have is, I have a PO box for five years, but I don't have but one employee. Is there any other way? Um, on maps, probably not. 
Um, you know, Google specifically does not like PO Box, like, and they do not serve business addresses on Maps anymore. And I showed a slide at the beginning of the presentation where 70% of their spam was removed, and 70% of that, probably 90% of it, was PO Boxes and people that just put fake addresses in in the listings. So really, what you should do is try and find a very small, cost-effective um, location in the main city where you're trying to operate. Um, that way you can receive mail there, you can get on Google Maps, you can build your citations, your, your authority, and be able to play in the Maps game. Now, again, I also showed you a chart that indicated, I want to pull it up. Um, it indicated some percentage of people click on the, on the Maps, and it was a pretty high percent, which made Maps highly important and highly relevant, right? So I'm just going to pull this up. So that was 44% click on Maps. But still, 30% click organic and 20% click on, on paid. So you combine that, you get 50% of the search. So you can still play, get lots of leads, and, and really, for a one-man operation, have a very successful business, even without any Google Maps um, success. So I hope that helps. Carlos says, I only have one ranking for Google Maps. How do I increase that? I have many organic rankings. Um, Depends upon the term, right? I mean, if you get your categories right, if you have your description correct, um, you can you can expand it to your city, plumbing, drain cleaning, water heater repair, those types of things. Um, you're probably not going to rank in surrounding cities and surrounding sounds regardless. Okay, this is a great question. I'm going to be talking about this particular topic in, in the future, but she's saying, how do I start to PPC on maps? So I showed you this visual um, of a company ranking on maps with a paid listing. And the way you do this is right within Google AdWords, in Google AdWords, and I'm going to be probably my next webinar is going to be all around how to leverage Google AdWords and paid search to get a great return on investment and really maximize your lead flow. And there's some very specific things you can do when you set up your AdWords campaign to just be light years ahead of your competition. And even if you failed in pay-per-click in the past and you felt like you lost a lot of money, when it's done correct, the, the return on investment can be, can be significant. But so when you set up your AdWords campaigns, you sync it to your Google My Business listing. And so there's a process for this within Google AdWords and you set up your campaign, you set up your extensions, one of the things you do is you, you sync your location. And once your location is synced and verified, you can bid and be bidding in Google um, Maps. So it's not one of those things where you specifically set up a campaign for Maps. It's more once you sync your campaign, you choose your keywords, um, you'll start to see yourself showing up in the, in the pay-per-click area on Maps. But great question and great segue into what we're going to be talking about on our next live webinar. So Johnny's saying, I have a competitor who uses a Regis temporary office. Will Google find them? Do they have an office at that address or they don't have an office? The answer is they could, but the reality is uh, there was a major announcement from Google less than 90 days ago, um, really cracking down on, on, this is called a virtual office. So a Regis office is a, like a, usually a nice high-rise building where they Regis rented an entire floor and Nobody really has a real office in there, but they have 
like the ability to, to get mail and to say my office is this great high rise in the middle of the city. That used to work great. Um, Google now has indexed almost all of these virtual offices and has said a virtual office is not a local business location. And so Johnny, if he's ranking today or if he's ranking tomorrow, he might, you know, maybe it slipped between the cracks, but you do not build a long-term strategy uh, with virtual offices, PO boxes, you know, Aunt Sally's location. You, you build a, a sustainable Google Maps strategy by having a real location um, in the city, a real commercial location in the city that you want to rank. So hopefully that answers that particular question. Wow, great questions, guys. Uh, let's see, Patty is asking, what do you think about changing your preferred service by season? Um, so now moving to air conditioning contractors and switching that up in the colder season, um, it's not really necessary. Like if you optimize your Google map listing correctly, um, you tell them you're plumbing, your AC, your heating, there's only so many categories you can select. And so it's not really necessary to shift that over time. Um, you may want to shift your pay-per-click strategy, right, to make sure you're not wasting money on, on terms that aren't relevant during the season. Uh, there's a bunch of questions in here. I, I mean, so many of you guys still with me. I told you Q&A can be really powerful stuff, um, so I appreciate you sticking with me. I'm going to keep going because there's still a lot of questions. And if I missed you at this point, I apologize. Just um, kind of put your question back in, and I'll scroll back to the bottom in a second. So Shelly Leroy is asking, what if you're located in a small town outside of the big city um, you want to show up in? And that's an unfortunate question that a lot of people ask, and it can be a major challenge uh, because you could be the biggest player in the world, um, and let's say you're in, let me, I mean, I'm going to pull up an example here. The answer, the answer is probably not, you know, it's probably not, and that's not what you want to hear. But like if I go to, and I typed in, so let's say you're in North Little Rock, and that's like physically where you rank, but nobody looks in North Little Rock. They look in Little Rock. Um, it's very hard for you to rank in Little Rock for that particular term. The company we work with in, in Little Rock, Arkansas is, is Aero Plumbing. So we were lucky enough, for whatever reason, that we built enough authority that now when we type Little Rock Plumber, he does rank on, on maps despite kind of a, a low review count. Um, but in most cases, all you can do is you know, claim the citations, build the reviews, build the authority for your, for your organization, and, um, and, and hope for the best. But I would say 95% of the time, if you're in that little outside town, like... Like if you were targeting Houston, Texas, but you happen to be based in in Sugarland, for instance, right? It's like, wow, Sugarland's right outside the big city, and I want to rank in Houston, um, but I'm in Sugarland. Let's just do this. You're not going to find any companies in the top three in in Sugarland. They're all in Houston proper. So my my suggestion to you would be either to say, okay, it is what it is. And I'm going to focus on organic, I'm going to focus on paid search, or potentially rent an office in the main city um, and try and build your authority that way. All right, I'm going to go back down to the bottom. Lots of great questions. 
Tissa is asking, will it confuse Google if you have your address and billing address at the footer of your website? Will it confuse Google if you have your address and your billing address at the foot of your website? Okay, so you're saying down here, you've got your main company, our location, and then billing address down here. It could, you know, it's probably not ideal uh, if you could put the billing address on like a contact us page and then put our billing address, um, that'd probably be better. I mean, ultimately Google's looking for an exact match and it may or may not be an issue. I would say if you're not ranking on maps, and you're trying to figure out why and you have those two addresses, I might remove the billing for a period just to see if that has an impact. Um, but if you're already ranking, then you know, you don't, you know, I'm always to the mind of if it's not broken, don't fix it, right? So if you're ranking and you move locations and it's not broken, don't fix it. Leave it like it is until for some reason you're not ranking on the maps anymore. Because it's such a fickle thing, the, the Google map rankings in the top three. You know, if you're there, don't, don't try and um, screw things up. So Michael's saying, is there, is it better using a Google Direct for an AdWords campaign with their account strategist or third-party marketer? Um, it depends upon what third-party marketer, right? Um, Google, Google's account strategist usually do a pretty, pretty decent job. Um, they're not going to know the plumbing and HVAC industry as well as a company like ours, right? So if you're dealing with with a major company like Reach Local or um, YP.com, and you got to choose between them and, and directly with Google, you probably better serve to go with Google, right? Because you're not going to pay a, a large percentage of spend and you're not going to waste additional revenue. Uh, but if there's a company you can work with that really understands the industry, they understand the keywords, they've got proven landing pages that convert well, um, they understand how to structure the campaign, they understand the vernacular of the customer psychology when they are looking for plumbing and HVAC related services, that's context that even the best Google strategist isn't gonna have. And so they won't be able to make a campaign perform as well as it could. So, you know, it really depends upon who you have, who you're dealing with. Um, hope, hopefully that helps. Terry says, I wish I had gone to your company before web.com. You really seem to know what you're talking about. Thank you, Terry. It's never too late to, to make a change, right? Um, okay. So I think there's still some questions. If I left anybody, I apologize. Shoot me an email if you had a question specifically on this that I didn't address. Um, I don't want the webinar to go too, too long. But thank you guys so much for, for all, of the great, all of the great feedback, all of the great questions. Um, again, your next step here is go to plumberseo.net slash maps, but hold on, you know, hold on for, give me 30 minutes to get that page set up. So I'm going to put a replay there. I'm going to give you the slides to download. I'm going to give you links to the various resources. Um, if you want to talk with us and have us potentially do this for you, do this with you, uh, like we have for so many other plumbing and HVAC companies, uh, we'd love the opportunity to talk with you and just explore the possibilities of working together. Um, you could call us at 866-610-4647, um, or you can just go to plumberseo.net slash schedule. That will take you to a page that links directly to our calendar. You don't have to talk to anybody. You just say, hey, you know, next week on Wednesday is good for me. Um, you know, enter your e email and your details, and we'll be all set up to, to you know, get on the phone one-on-one -on -one and kind of talk through this together. 
Um, our next webinar is going to be all around paid search. Uh, so if you missed some of the previous ones, go back to the archive, dive in. There's lots of meat and potatoes there. Um, you know, pay close attention to your inbox. Um, the, the next one might be the most important webinar I'm going to conduct all about really how to get your pay-per-click strategy right to maximize your lead flow and really have unlimited scalability with your, your number of leads that you generate via the internet. So stay tuned for that. Thanks so much for your time. I hope you got great value from this. Um, look forward to you know talking with you offline, via email or on Facebook, um, or give us a call 866-610-4647. Have a great have a great weekend and thanks so much for joining me today.